This podcast is a Majestic Giraffe production. For more information and more content, visit MajesticGiraffe.com. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. are clean, the vaporizers are patched, and the speeders fueled. It's time to pick up some blue milk and power converters. You're listening to Toshi Station Radio, brought to you by the Majestic Giraffe Network. Now here are your hosts for the Snarkiest Podcast in Star Wars and Geek Culture, Brian and Nancy. From the outskirts of Anchorhead and on the shores of the Great Shot Flats, you're listening to Tashi Station Radio, the bright center in the universe for all things Star Wars and geek culture. I'm your host, Brian, and with me, as always, is my co-host and wife, Nancy. Hi! On today's episode, we're taking another look at The Force Awakens, one month and 11 showings after the film's premiere. (laughs) We're about to get started, so sit back, grab some power converters, and enjoy the show. Before we go too much further, a note from our sponsors. Tashi Station Radio has been brought to you in part by you, our awesome Patreon subscribers. Click the link on Tashi-Station.net for more details and see how you can help us keep the lights on around here. And we're also brought to you in part by Her Universe. Fill out your world with Star Wars, Star Trek, Marvel, Transformers, Doctor Who, and other fandom-inspired wardrobe and jewelry. Click the link on our blog to purchase awesome geek gear and keep the lights running on the podcast. And speaking of the blog, Nancy, what's new on the blog? We've got a lot of stuff since our last podcast because our last podcast was a role-playing podcast, so we didn't have our normal segments. Uh, We've got a bunch of comic and book reviews from Bria. Um, I didn't list them all. Go check out. I know she reviewed a bunch of the comic, latest comic issues, including Obi-Wan and Anakin number one. Um, And as I said, we also started gameplay for our new tabletop podcast of Dice and Droids. Uh, You can check out episode one, Darkness on the Edge of Town. Uh, this was the group consisting of you, me, and um, Rocky from 1138. Tom was our wonderful game master. And the second group of players, Saf, Jay, and Show, will be recording next week. So keep an eye out for that. And go listen to Brian fail spectacularly in every single role i only had one good role and it was the joke role yes that it, yeah that was how my night you were definitely the hobby of the podcast uh-huh. and not um not even trying <laughs> i think that dice script was rigged against me uh, uh no that's all you no, that was whatever. all you whatever <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, so uh, Fixer Slash, what are the geeky things we've been up to? Uh, well, we saw The Force Awakens 11 times. We, we so did far. see The Force Awakens 11 times. Which is my record. That's my record. So one more time and I'll have beaten my record for the uh, Phantom Menace and Revenge of the Sith. So I'm eager to do that because this is probably the last time we'll be able to uh, watch a movie whenever we want because we're getting old. <laughs> um, and uh, I also... I'm trying to read more books this year. That was one of my New Year's resolutions. Um, I set a goal of 24 books, which isn't really a lot. It's only once every other week. But I'm trying to also catch up on non-Star Wars books because there was a lot of them last year. 
Uh, so I read The Ghost Brigades by John Scalzi, which is in his Old Man's War series, and I really liked it. Um, I'm also currently reading Lightless by C.A. Higgins and um, also enjoying that as well. I started writing a new book, and we also watched the premiere of Agent Carter, which was very good. So good. We love Agent that Carter. That show is so good. It is so good. I'm also very pleased that they aren't playing women against each other and, you know, making Jarvis's wife jealous of Peggy or any of that stupid Anna stuff. Anna Jarvis is my new favorite. She's great. I like her a lot. So, um... Very excited about Agent Carter being back. Also very excited about tomorrow night, the premiere of the new six-episode special event of The X-Files. I'm excited about this. Truth is out there, Nancy. It is. I'm very excited, so. Uh, as for me, I was at a Billy Joel concert in the last night. You were? I consider that nerdy. I was too. You were. I had a great time. It was a good show. He's one of my favorite live entertainers. Well, he is the entertainer. That's just what he is. <laughs> yes, he he he. Another is. Ser- serenader, another long-haired man. Oh God! Actually, he's not a long-haired he, he, man no, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. Um, I think we might watch The Expanse tonight. Oh yes, because I have to have something in the background while I write and. Sci-fi. Yay, sci-fi. And I've heard nothing but good things about the show, so I'm looking forward to that. You are also writing something. I am. Yes. Tell tell the tell the audience what you're writing, It's Brian. fan fiction. About? Star Wars. And? Poe Dameron. And? Wedge Antilles. And? Tycho Selchu. And? Wes Jansen. And? Hobby Clivian. And? Merix Tarek. And? General Organa. And? Jess Pava. And? Snap Wexley. Okay. <laughs> I, I think, think that's we... everyone. <laughs> Jess and Snap. Jess and Snap. Yay! You gonna, we're gonna write, you going to write more tonight? Yeah, I think so. Yay! Might, al- might also play some Dragon Age Inquisition. That's a disconnect. Yeah, I know. It, <laughs> I should really pick that up again. You can also play more Battlefront. I can play more Battlefront. <laughs> I've been very neglectful in my video game duties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have. All right. Deke's Dirt news from around fandom. Uh, Rebels returns with a princess on Lethal featuring Leia, and there will be an action figure. Yeah, of course there will be an action figure, which is kind of funny that, you know, there's like, we're wanting to get lots of different action figures for The Force Awakens people, and like before we even knew Leia was going to be on, it's like, hey, here's an action figure, FYI. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the the episode was good. Um, I was kind of underwhelmed. I think it was a good episode, but I would have liked to see Leia in a more important arc for the show, like you know, an an event. Also, less Ezra. Well, yeah, I mean that's a theme for us. You but say like that every episode. But like you know, with the clones had like a two part arc that was like the opening of season two and. I feel like Leia deserved something more like that, but I liked Leia herself. You know, I like that. She, I love her playing the Imperials. I, I just want a whole show of Leia trolling the Imperials, right? Because she has to be, you know, she has to be Imperial Senator Leia, or she's not Senator yet, but you know, she's on the Imperial side. Imperial attaché. Yes. Yes. <laughs> 
Uh, there is also a new trailer for the second half of season two of Rebels. Yeah, that Some... actually came out before we knew Leia was going to be in the first episode. Some interesting stuff there. Yeah. Also another broadsaber. Yeah. For reasons? I don't know. I guess everyone's trying to think of some connections to the Force Awakens. I just think Dave Filoni thought it looked good, you know? <laughs> um, But yeah, there's another Inquisitor. Uh, It looks like Ahsoka and Vader will be uh fighting. So that's what we've been wanting to see. I'm very interested to see if they actually go all out or pull another fake out and have everyone live. But I don't know how they can do that because, you know, Vader. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see on that one. Uh, oh, in comic news. This is something we're very excited about. Even Nancy. I'm excited Even... about a comic, everyone. Mark the calendar. Uh, there will be a new Poe Dameron comic starting in April. It will be written by Charles Sewell, who wrote the Lando comic, and Phil Noto, who did the art for the Chewbacca comic, also the cover for Shadowed Empire number one, and did all the artwork for the young reader Journey to the Force Awakens books, and just generally does a lot of awesome artwork on Tumblr and Twitter. But I am very super excited about it. <laughs> Poe Dameron in comic form. Star Wars, Poe Dameron. The logo looks very Top Gun. Um, they described it as sort of a Mission Impossible type story um, with Poe po on his mission to find Lor Santeca. And they said, yes, it will feature BB-8. Yes, it will feature some of the X-Wing pilots from The Force Awakens. So hopefully Jess and Snap and Elo Asti and a bunch of other people. And our dog is eating a blanket right now. <laughs> <laughs> Mara, that's not a good source of fiber. Stop that. <laughs> oh, our dog is silly. Um, and it's an ongoing, which is very cool. Um, so I'm wondering if they might eventually go past The Force Awakens. Um, maybe show how Poe got off um, Jakku. <laughs> Sorry, our dog is still eating a blanket. Mara. Hang on. Oh, yeah, you have the spray bottle. Aww. Don't <laughs> you feel terrible now? I feel awful. I just <laughs> spray bottled Mara. She's eating a blanket. <laughs> oh. uh, um, yeah, so it's an ongoing. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's stuff post or, TFA. Yeah, or during it. Or, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yes, this is, this is a comic that will get me subscribed to a series. Nancy's going to have a pull list, everyone. <laughs> a pull list of one. A pull list of one. Does it count as a pull list if you just get it from Comixology? Yeah, close enough. Okay. Also, um, so yeah, Poe Dameron and Luke Skywalker are apparently the things that will get me to read a comic. Eh, you know, also, anything set Return of the Jedi. If it works for you, it works for you. Yeah. Uh, we can't not mention Undercover Boss Starkiller Base Edition. <laughs> I haven't had my muffin yet. That. <laughs> uh, that was brilliant. Um, so of course Adam Driver was hosting Saturday Night Live, so they had to do a sketch with Kylo Ren, and um, it was really awesome. It was him uh going undercover as Matt, the radar technician, and uh trying to find out what people thought about working at Starkiller Base, and it was really funny. 
<laughs> Someone disparaged his lightsaber. He said, well, you don't have to look at it anymore. And then he threw the lightsaber into the wall. And <laughs> that was one of the most inspired SNL sketches it, in a long it, time. It was very, and there's also behind the scenes uh, outtakes of it, which are just as funny. So go check that out if you haven't. And finally, in some cool fandom news, uh, Matt Ma- Martin, awesome person, uh, has uh, left the Star Wars digital team to join the story group. Yay! So congratulations, Matt Martin. And we should expect to see uh, some more Jackson, I guess. Uh, you know, Greedo. <laughs> B-Wings, maybe? Now, I hear Pablo Hidalgo's on a cruise right now, so if anything goes wrong this week, it's Matt's fault. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't want to be leaving on a cruise today. It's very blustery. Sorry about the weather here, Pablo. Yeah, but you're going to the Caribbean, so... I'm sure you'll manage. Yeah, you're sh- you'll manage. <laughs> okay, Biggs bullshit Star Wars film news. Uh, the Force Awakened was nominated for five Oscars. Yay! Best original score. Yay! Visual effects. Yay! Sound editing, Yay! sound mixing, Yay! and overall editing. Yay! Well-deserved, all of them. They are very well-deserved. I think they could have gotten more. I think they could have gotten I think they were production. jobbed out of uh, costuming. Costuming, production design. Mm-hmm. Um, I I could have seen Best Picture, but... Uh, unfortunately, in a year in which Mad Max Fury Road happened, there was only so much genre love that was that the Academy's yeah. willing to give but around. But they didn't, they didn't even nominate the whole ten movies i think they only nominated well, seven mostly i'm so. talking on the uh on the uh, production category right oh yeah that's yeah true. so i'm mad I mean, max got a, i think 11 or is it 10 yeah uh 10 um i mean the force awakens is great but wow mad max fury road had insane production value on it yeah i still like the force awakens more. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so that'll be cool and uh Check out the Oscars if you uh, don't mind seeing a bunch of white actors win awards. <laughs> that is one Lily White award show. Oops, I went there. <laughs> uh, the Force Awakens novelization landed at number one on the New York Times bestsellers list. Uh, congratulations, Alan Dean Foster and the whole Del Rey Star Wars crew. Yeah, I know they're very excited about that, especially because they were um, they split the release because they had the uh, the uh ebook come out right away uh and then but waited for the hardcover so i i think we can i think we've talked about this before but uh uh tom over there let us in on the insane process behind getting these books out to print yeah um they did not send the manuscript to printers to create the physical books until December 18th for a physical release two weeks later. Yeah, and I know they do a lot of this really crazy production values like for something like um, uh, like uh, Game of Thrones series. Uh, Like those books, they'll turn a crazy production schedule and like get it out in three months where usually a book takes like a year to come out. Um, And they act, I think Tor.com actually had a really good article recently um, about how a book is published, um, which I think would be really cool for a lot of people to go read, especially people who don't understand how 
Like they're like, well, why can't they make a EU book about this, you know, or why can't they make more legends books and like see how much effort goes into actually producing a book and that you only have certain slots per year. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's only so many slots per year. There's yeah. only only so many printing presses yeah. available. I mean, even like non Star Wars books, there's like, you know, you look at a, a company like Tor and go look up and see how many books they publish in a year. It's not a it's lot. It's not that many. <laughs> I mean, you think, well, oh, you know, you can just publish all the books you want. People will read them. It's, no. what, a dozen, two dozen yeah. a year, depending I, on the size of the publisher? Um, It's more than that, especially if you're if you're a big imprint like Delray or stuff. But, I mean, there's a reason most authors only put out a book a year. And it's not because they can't write. I mean, a lot of them can't write faster. But there are authors who can write faster. But... That's I mean, if you're all seeing, they get. <laughs> if you're seeing an author with more than one book out a year, either they are published. Stephen King, or they're being published by a couple different houses. Yeah, like I know Chuck Wendig had a bunch of books come out last year, and but they were from he had. Yeah, he had Zeros came out with I think it was Harper Voyager, and then Aftermath was Delray, and then he had a a bunch of other books come out that were different imprints. So yeah, usually that's what happens. Or an author is hybrid, so they are traditionally publishing and then also self-publishing their own material yeah but it's not a trivial game to get books produced especially because a lot of the authors are um working a day job in addition to writing even when they're you know writing a bunch of books so yeah so uh, it's it's not a non-trivial task so when you're asking why don't they just make legends books you also have to remember Delray has other slots that have to go to non-Star Wars things. Yeah, they have only so many slots that can go to Star Wars. Yeah, and I think I don't, and they're I don't think they're doing a lot of Star Wars books um, now. I mean, I think last year there was Heir to the Jedi, um, Lords of the Sith, Dark Disciple, uh, Aftermath, Twilight Company. So that's five. Six if you count The Force Awakens. And so I, we'll say five and a half. Yeah, and that's a lot because usually it's like four or something. Yeah, it's one a quarter. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's that's not a lot of books. <laughs> so, <laughs> And that is really the capacity of what they can do. Yeah. And last year they probably went a little above yeah. their normal capacity. I don't think we're going to be seeing like times during the New Jedi Order where we saw like four new Jedi Order books and other books coming out at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's just the reality of the publishing situation. They've only got resources for four or five books. Yeah. And market dictates that right now, those four or five books are going to be very much current Star Wars related. Yeah. <laughs> this has been your Inside Publishing. <laughs> segment of the day yeah what are we even doing okay uh episode <laughs> we're doing a podcast That's brian right. we are doing a podcast a podcast a podcast uh episode eight we got some bad news here well, good yeah. news bad news yes bad news is the release date has been pushed back to december 15 2017 so that's what another seven months you'll need to wait yes the good news is, if you enjoyed uh, Star Wars during the holidays, you're going to be getting that indefinitely by the looks of it. I, I am all for this, actually. I know a lot of people are not, and, you know. I wound up enjoying it a lot more than I thought I would. 
And I'm going to mm-hmm. own up to that. I was not all that thrilled with the December release window, but it wound up being a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, it was awesome, like, going at Christmas and, like, you know, we went with my mom on Christmas Day. And, like, I know there's a lot of other families who went on Christmas and just, you know, there was I, it's a it's a slow time for me at work. So it worked out pretty well that <laughs> I could take time off just to go see the Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so December 15th, 2017, uh, that is the new date, um, so you're gonna have a little more time between Star Wars films as well, it's gonna be more than five months between Rogue One and Episode Eight, which is fine by me, because I think I need more than five months to chew on Rogue One. Yeah, I, that was, it was more, it was less that I wanted Episode Eight to come out during Christmas than... Five months is not a long time in between movies, and I know a lot of people are saying, well, you know, there's never enough, too much Star Wars, and I agree, in theory, but... I like having time to process. Yeah, like, I mean, we're probably going to still be talking about The Force Awakens come May, because the Blu-ray will have just come out, so we'll, you know, I assume we'll... We'll do a commentary track, we'll we'll do do a rehash when we can... Go back into the left and back into the yeah, left on all sorts of stuff. Talk about the special features, definitely. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna have to do all of that, and you know, by then it'll be May, and it's like, well, we're gonna have to. You need to build up to the movie coming. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, if Rogue, I I don't want Rogue One to be overshadowed because that's the well, one. That's that's the problem. If you're doing Episode Eight in May, you're gonna have Rogue One kind of get trampled in the marketing lead up. Yeah, and Rogue to One, eight. Rogue One is the one standalone right now. I'm really looking forward to. So. And it's the riskiest venture they have out there right now. So they probably need to devote more mm-hmm. marketing bandwidth to it. And if you've got Rogue One, and then five months right on its heels. Yeah. Episode eight. I wonder when we're going to start seeing a, when we're going to see a trailer for Rogue One. It's got to be soon. Well, so if we go by the Force Awakens timeline, we had a teaser in November for Force Awakens, but we did not have one for Rogue One a year in advance, because I, which I, I wasn't really surprised by because... Force Awakens was a special, special deal. Yeah. Um, I was kind of surprised we didn't get a teaser with The Force Awakens, but I can kind of understand they didn't want to mix the marketing. But the second teaser came out in April at Celebration. So I can see something around that time frame of putting out a teaser and then another, and then the trailer come you October. You know, I... After the Blu-ray comes out is when I'm going to put a trailer for Rogue One. That would be a good... I mean, I can even see like the Blu-ray having yeah. a Rogue One feature yeah, on it. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, I, and I say that because marketing for TFA probably ends with the Blu-ray. Yeah. Well, and I remember when the original trilogy DVDs came out, they had a featurette for Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. And that was when you saw Hayden Christensen in the in the Vader suit for the first time. So that was like, I remember everyone was freaking out about that and going home and watching that on the DVD and like, ah, so I can see like, you know, Rogue One featurette. Yeah. So (laughs) whenever the Blu-ray is out sometime shortly after that, I'd expect Rogue uh, Rogue One trailer. I can all, I also wonder if, if they'll have a teaser and then a second teaser at celebration or a full length 
I don't know. I don't think they'll have a full length trailer at Celebration because it's in July. Mm-hmm. But I can see them doing like a second teaser. Yeah, yeah, I can see a second. I teaser. mean, they're gonna have to. They will. I I assume they will definitely do yeah. something at Celebration. So, uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> that, that that's the last of that section. Yeah, that is the next last of that section. Uh, Cammy's concerns. We're one month and eleven viewings into TFA. So let's just <laughs> talk TFA again. Yeah, let's talk TFA now that we've had time to digest and. Talk about things, and now we only cry a few times. A few times, yes. when we watch the movie. Yeah, it's progress. It is progress. Uh, what's been the biggest surprise about uh the Force Awakens? And I think you and I are both in agreement. Yeah, that Kylo Ren is probably the biggest surprise. Yeah, I mean, we were both prepared to have him be a terrifying hot mess. Uh, or to him to be a hot mess, but he is kind of terrifying, <laughs> and like uh, he he's so much more compelling. He is than, I, than in a million years I thought he would be. Yeah, I I was expecting Kylo Ren to be kind of goofy. an unintentionally goofy, yeah, hot mess. Yeah, I agree. I Adam Driver's performance was so much better than I was prepared for. Yeah, I mean there was a. I remember hearing Harrison Ford talk about, you know, Force Awakens during all the the promotional stuff and talking about the new cast and how good they were and um, praising them. And he praised Adam Driver a lot, which I kind of was like, huh, like intrigued by that because I didn't expect them to have scenes together, you know, but I thought, well, maybe he just, you know, saw the dailies or was you know was there while they were filming you know you know or he you know he saw the movie and was impressed you know and then we see the movie and i think oh that's why harrison ford was so impressed with adam driver as an actor uh because he was very very good uh the awesomeness of poe dameron holy (laughs) cow i mean i was expecting poe to be an asshole I, I think we both were. We'd seen Ex Machina. I'd watched Drive. I We've seen other things with Oscar Isaac. <laughs> he plays an asshole very well. Yeah. What I was not geared up for and pleasantly surprised by was genuinely nice human being, Poe Dameron. I know. Like, he is a... I think it was also because we, we've read the X-Wing books. We know how the pilots are. They're kind of cocky jerks. And, like, I mean, Luke is a special case because he's a pilot but he's also a Jedi but he's also Luke so there's that whole like I mean like he's kind of on a pedestal you know as, as like how how good and I'm using good in quotation marks because he's he has a, like a good person he is but then you get like Wedge who's a good person but he's also kind of cocky <laughs> I mean you know, I, I would never say, oh, Wedge is such a jerk, but, you know, Wedge, Wedge is cocky and he's sassy. And, like, you know, we we see, like, someone like Wes, who's a total jokester in the hobby. And they, Corrin is, Corrin Horn is, like, the epitome of the asshole a, pilot. He is such a bro pilot. <laughs> and, and I think we were, ex- I was expecting, I was expecting something Corrin. like that. Or, like, I mean, Han in A New Hope. Yeah. Like, where he is still kind of all out for himself and whatever. But I think, I mean, it makes so much sense because Poe has grown up in 
at, you know, in peacetime, he's joined the New Republic military probably as soon as he could. That's, you know, all he's done in life. And was frustrated with the lack of action against the First Order. So now he's part of the Resistance and is, you know... I think that's he's just he and his the way he was brought up, you know, and he probably grew up hearing stories of like the people his parents fought with and wanted to be like them. So, I mean, looking back on it, it makes total sense that he's just good guy, Podamer and nice to everyone wants to help people. <laughs> but I was really expecting like another kind of jerky character. Yeah, you know? agreed. So I but I I. I like it. And I, you know, and he, you know, he's kind of snarky, but he's only really snarky to the First Order people, you know, the people who deserve it. Yeah, he reserves his sass for those who deserve it. Yeah, which is which is great. And I think you and I both agree that we think he's a lot more like Wes Jansen than he, Wedge. <laughs> there were some lines that if I didn't know any better, I would have said were written by Aaron Alston. Yeah. Who talks first? You talk first, I talk first. Hard to understand you with all that. Apparatus. <laughs> uh, and that whole, you need a pilot. And Finn pilot. going, yeah, I need a pilot is what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> uh, General Leia. General Leia is so wonderful. Yeah, I mean, I, I read a lot of people saying they didn't like her, but I, I, loved, I loved her role. Like, she was just, it was such a natural progression from where we saw her in the original trilogy. And a lot of people were like, well, why is she a general, not a politician? It's like, well, because she became less of a politician and more of a military person because she had to. You know? So it makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can't wait to see more of her and leading the, uh, leading the resistance. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the soundtrack. Yes. I do not abide people who say the soundtrack is not good. I do not either. I love the soundtrack to pieces. And it gets better every time you listen to it's it. It's very layered. And it is the kind of soundtrack that at first listen, it's kind of underwhelming. But then you listen to it more, both in the movie and just on the soundtrack. And you're like, oh, like... You hear different things, well, like and and here's the thing: um, it it was different this time around than with the prequels. They were not gunning for a an MTV music video track a month prior, yeah. to the film release, yeah. So you were not you had no exposure with the music before sitting in the theater for the first time, yeah. I mean, we were all watching, that and I'm 60. sorry, it, no one was prepared to do a critical analysis of the movie or of the music during their first viewing. No, I mean, there was a few times when I was watching it the first time when the music specifically stuck out. Um, there was Mostly it was dealing with, oh, that's that theme. You know, I remember there are two moments when Luke, Luke and Leia's theme are in, are in there. And the first time I was like, oh! It like made me want to cry because I, I just love that theme. And then there was, you know, all the the force theme was, you know, throughout a little bit. Um, it, also, the moment when Ray grabs the lightsaber—that's the cue from Burning Homestead, which made me. I mean, the whole moment is fantastic, but 
that music just elevates it. And like, I remember I was like kind of staring at the screen, like cheering and thinking, oh my God, that's the Burning Homestead music. It's, you know, the call to action. Like, that's perfect, you know? Yeah, it's really, really good. Yeah. And, um, but then, you know, I, I didn't really have anything in my head as I left the theater. But then, you know, I downloaded the soundtrack that night and I kept listening to it and like different songs started to like get into my head. Like the Jedi Steps was the first one that I listened to ad nauseum and then March of the Resistance, Ray's theme, you know, Sherzo for X-Wings. They're all they're all really good. And I really like Kylo's leitmotif, which he has two of them. Kind of that 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 theme when his shuttle descends mm-hmm. when you first see it, and then the um that like one that's like dun, 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 that one yeah. that's all throughout whenever they talk about Kylo, it's it's great. And honestly, I think this is one of the most creative and probably the best soundtrack he's put together in a long time. It, um, yeah. he was given total free reign. Mm-hmm. to do what he wanted and he created this amazing really a concept album yeah <laughs> and there's just more to dissect and i'm still picking things out of there mm-hmm. a month later after after initially buying the soundtrack yeah uh so yeah the, the soundtrack is a huge surprise i mean you always count on williams music being good mm-hmm. but it this one is exceptionally good uh, favorite scenes, lines, characters? Uh, well, I, uh, favorite scene, I don't think it'll be a surprise that it's the Jedi Steps. What? I know, right? Because <laughs> I waited, like, an hour and 20 minutes to see Luke Skywalker, and then I finally got him for 30 seconds. Um, the best scene for me is the the catwalk scene, the torn apart scene. Um, you know, it's I wouldn't call it my favorite because it's really hard to watch, but it is, it is so perfect. And like, I, I think I saw someone on Twitter, disc- I can't remember who, but they described it as like the perfect amalgamation of the Obi-Wan and Anakin confrontation from, or Obi-Wan and Vader confrontation from A New Hope, the Vader reveal from Empire, and then the, you know, um, Anakin's death from Return of the Jedi. Like, all of those big mo- big emotional moments for the original trilogy, like, I was like, that is, yes, that is so true. Because there isn't one moment that it, that it reflects. A lot of people were saying, well, oh, it's just, you know, the death of the mentor, you know, like, the death of Obi-Wan. But it's, it's not, because it's, there's so much more emotion to it you know and visually it reflects a lot of empire you know which i they were going for on purpose but just like that the whole setting like the music leading up to it and then they just they show kylo and then walk by and then you cut and you see that han is right there and then he as soon as he steps out, you think you 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 were like, "Oh no, this is not going to go well." And then you know he yells out, "Ben!" 
and everyone goes <gasps> and it's just that that whole scene it's perfectly acted it's perfectly shot um the music is great and even like the other actors like Finn and Ray and Chewie aren't saying anything but they're watching and like their reactions are are so good and it's just like that's you know I'm so glad they didn't cut away during that scene you know which is the tendency during Star Wars movies is to cut mm-hmm. away during like in, during the battles and have like a lot of cuts but th- you can't cut away from that because no. it's too too emotional and and the whole like caress of the cheek i wonder i want to know if that was in the script or if that was ad-libbed ad-libbed because dear god ugh, why does han solo make me so sad <laughs> old man solo is my favorite that's also my biggest surprise old man solo is the best solo yes what about you what's uh, your favorite scene my favorite scene will surprise no one it's the x-wings flying over the water oh it's the resistance. It's the resistance. And then they come in and just start pinpoint firing stormtroopers off their backs. Like, it's no big deal, and they're not, like, up in the sky. Ah, <laughs> uh, it seems so good. It's yeah. just... Uh... And then you see Poe, and you're like, oh, he's alive! That's one hell of a pilot. It is one hell of a pilot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was great. Um, I, I'm going to add an additional category. Most important scene for me personally was um the initial Kylo and Poe confrontation. Uh yeah. Who talks first? You talk first, I talk first. I can't understand with <laughs> all the it. apparatus. Yeah. Because in that moment I realized everything's gonna be okay <laughs> with this movie. We both did a sigh relief. We're like, oh okay. <laughs> well also I think I mean, I think you and I were gonna like the movie no matter what, but it's a matter of do we like it despite it? be bad or do we just like it or is it really really good and then the one thing i was most concerned about was the humor yeah like because the original trilogy is funny when it's dot dire you know ewan mcgregor was was hilarious in a lot of his lines in the prequels you know i mean and there were like some exchanges with him and anakin that were yeah. pretty genuinely funny and good that, job yeah and you know when r2 um flies across the invisible hand and slams into the wall and he's just screaming like and slams to the wall <laughs> and it's like and i was just like oh my god i mean I, I had a little concern in the back of my mind that they would modernize star wars yeah. and bring it a little too gritty I think that's, and dark that's that's a thing is like we were seeing in the trailers it was a very modern Star Wars, which is what they're supposed to do. But, but are I didn't they gonna go are they gonna go modern to the point where they're where they Nolan themselves? Yeah. Or like, you know, make it to Battlestar Galactica, yeah. which I mean Battlestar is a great show, but it's not Star Wars. And in that moment where Poe just sasses Kylo Ren right yeah. there, it was like, Okay. Yeah. We're okay. And we're also okay. That Kylo Ren was funny. I know. <laughs> Anything else? Anything else? The, the droid. Stole a freighter. <laughs> like I'm like, oh, that's 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 actually fu- really funny. It is funny. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the the humor there was uh, was very nice. Yeah. Very well executed. It, yeah. I mean, and and it wasn't just you know Poe. It was you know Finn had a lot of funny lines. Uh, Han, of course, had a ton of ton of funny lines. Uh, even Chewie, you know, and Leia, you know that their exchanges were 
pretty funny. So, you know, I was I was glad that to see that the they, light the lightheartedness even when it got they nailed the drama to camp ratio. Yeah. And I mean, starting, you know, once you once you hit that catwalk was pretty much when the humor stopped. And that's when it needed to, you know. But I think also if you look at the movie, that's when the humor stopped, you know, because because there was a lot of funny stuff with Finn and and uh, Han and you know as they're breaking into Starkiller Base and the whole like hug escape now hug later, you know, and that but then once that happened, it was like jokes over, but then you still get that nice scene at the end with you know with R two waking up and them finding the map and Leia being Luke, you know, and they're still hope there even though things have gotten not funny so yeah that movie analysis for you (laughs) movie analysis with tashi station yeah (laughs) um and i'm gonna say the best scene was also the catwalk you can't take mine but it is (laughs) well also uh honorable mention is the kylo and ray fight yes that might be my favorite lightsaber fight I don't know if I'm going to go there yet because, you know, Return of the Jedi exists <laughs> and Luke Skywalker exists. Um, but it's. I'm saying it's my favorite for just because it's Rey yeah. with the lightsaber. Yes. And this is. That lightsaber. That lightsaber doing that much. A yeah. female character taking a lightsaber scene like that yeah is very important really very very important yeah it is definitely um what about like other action scenes besides the resistance the first oh god the falcon on jakku yeah that was oh wow (laughs) yeah i was i was surprised at how much i i liked i liked that scene i mean Um, the action was great but it was also just wonderful to see ray Flying the Falcon. Yeah. And not knowing what the heck she's doing. <laughs> yeah, everyone who says that Rey fly- flew the Falcon better than Han ever did. Did you watch that no! scene? No! She was with a, within a hair's breadth of dying the entire time. Yeah. Um, probably for me, my favorite action sequence is, the, is on Take Adana. Yeah. Because of the X-Wings. But also the confrontation between Rey and Kylo is really, yes. really good. Um. Uh, and that's that was another scene where a whole bunch was said without being said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do we have to say our favorite characters, or because we're gonna have the same one? Probably. I'm Poe Dameron. <laughs> I'm Poe Poe Dameron. Really though, it's so hard to choose. Yeah. It is really. I I don't want to choose. <laughs> I really don't want to choose. I'll choose. It's Poe. <laughs> but like. I love Finn. I love Poe. I yeah. love Ray. I <laughs> Kylo I hate, and even Hux. You hate Kylo. You don't. Love... I love to hate Kylo. Yeah, he's such a. Ugh. Oh, he's the perfect villain. But I love. I love the relationship between him and Hux. Like, oh they yeah. just hate each other so much, There's and I love it. So much animosity there. There is. The animosity between Tarkin and Vader may have been subtle and understated. Oh no, it's all out there with Hux oh, and wait, Kylo. Oh yeah, it is. Um, I. I I'll add something that's not on the show notes. The character I don't want to say most disappointing character, but character 
you want to know more about. Because there was a lot of character of new characters in the movie that we only saw a little bit of. Like, I want to know a lot more about Maz Kanata. Yes, and I suspect that yeah, a lot of that was withheld intentionally. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the character I want to know a lot more about. Um, I also really want to know a lot more about Snoke. <laughs> uh, because, like... I, I mean, I think it'll be fine as the way it is. You know, he's just, you know, the big the big bad. But, like, the way he's playing Kylo and Hux against each other, he also, you know, Leia holds him responsible for Ben turning the dark side. Not Luke. Not Luke. Yes. She doesn't hold Luke responsible. She does not hold Luke responsible. Um, but I, like, I want to know, like, why did Kylo... Why did Snoke pin you know target ben what exactly happened there you know i've got this whole little theory that you know our friend mentioned it looks it looked like snoke got on the bad end of a lightsaber fight and thinks luke probably kicked his ass at some point in time so did luke did luke confront snoke maybe and then while Luke was away from his temple, that's when all the that's crap when Kylo ransacked the temple. Because that's what a lot of people say is like, how could Kylo have done that? You know, like he's he's not fully trained, and I don't think he could have defeated a whole bunch of Jedi apprentices, like or fully trained Jedi, or fully trained Jedi, because there had to have been some with how long Luke had been training Jedi. Um, so like Luke hearing about this bad guy, you know. Maybe he he saw that Kylo was being influenced by Snoke and wanted to put an end to it, so he go to, went off to confront him, and then as he's gone, shit went down, yeah. and he feels completely responsible. Because I know a lot of people have said, you know, well, Luke didn't do anything. Luke went. Luke let the galaxy go to crap. Um, but why did he leave? Why could he fix things? But if Luke had been trying to fix things. And things went bad anyway. Like, yeah, I, that would send him off, and he would say, "I need to go find I something." I do not buy for a second that Luke is just, yeah, cowering off the grid, not doing anything. He is up to something. Well, and I mean, even if him being up to something is just trying to find the first Jedi temple, there's a reason for that. He's not just going to go off and be like, "Oh, let me go find some Jedi lore." He's going because he thinks it's going to help them defeat Snoke and redeem kylo and, mm-hmm. you know and i really want to know what that is <laughs> but yeah i i that's kind of my whole like biggest pet yeah, theory yeah. right now um speaking of theories yeah well do you want to talk about our favorite lines too oh favorite lines favorite lines there's so many there's of so them many to choose from i mean this was it was and it, Whedonian. and it changes all the time i know i mean like i'll, I'll go to the movie and i'll be like Oh, it's time for my favorite line. But then something else happens. I'm like, oh, wait, no. There are so many brilliant lines. You would have thought you were watching a Whedon movie. (laughs) Well, no, you were watching a Lawrence Kasdan movie. (laughs) Whedon, disciple of Kasdan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, that's not how the force works. Prana made me laugh. That's not how the force works? It's because it's A, it's such a funny line. And B, it's coming from Han. (laughs) Like, Han is saying these things about space the, atheist. Yeah. 
But I mean, it's also funny because he's been around people who can use the force, so he would he knows that's not how it works. I mean, uh, it's so hard to choose lines, especially from John Boyega, because his comedic timing is so perfect. Yeah, like it's I I was actually surprised at how how funny I found all of his lines, you know, um, and I the whole. Uh, Guavi and Def Gang and Kanji Club scene just makes me crack that, up every time. That, That's, was, that was a scene that made me love Han Solo. Like, it was Raiders of the Lost Ark in space. It was. And like, I mean, I, I've, I've, I've never been a huge Han Solo fan, but that scene made me love him just because it's so funny. He's just like, when, when was the second time? <laughs> that whole scene is just quotable genius. I love it. Um, Tell and, that to Kanji Club. Yeah, I, I say that all. The, that's the most quotable line, I think. Yeah, the runaway winning line from The Force Awakens. Tell that, Tell that, to, that to Kanji, Kanji Club. Club. <laughs> but I also love, like, I love the exchanges with Leia and Han. Is like, don't do that. Do what? Anything. <laughs> so good. So good. Um, can can we go back and talk about Finn for a moment? Yeah, absolutely. Because you mentioned John Boyega and how his comic timing and all of that, but. I have seen a lot of people rag on Finn, and I think that's crap <laughs> because I like every time I watch The Force Awakens, I'm, I, I I find more things in the background, you know, and I I get more appreciation for the characters. So, and Finn is one of the, if not the bravest character in all of Star Wars. Agreed. Period. Like end of. He is this normal guy surrounded by insane talent. Mm-hmm. People doing amazing things. And he things. doesn't shy away. He hones in on the things he is good at. Yeah. And he will do everything. He does everything he can. Right. To help the people he cares about. Yeah. And I mean, you th- like think about him. It's his first mission. He refuses to kill the villagers. Um... He he already has more moral character than just about every other yeah. character in Star Wars. He breaks he breaks Poe out. You know he decide he just tries to complete his mission. He sees Rey in trouble, and his first instinct is to help her, and, and then stops yeah. when he sees that she's got it under yeah. control. And it's not a matter of I have to help. It's a pretty girl. I have to help her. You know, he's sitting there. He's drinking water. He gets knocked over, sees it, and you look the look on his brow furrows, and he's like, the look on his face is like, this is not right. I have to go. I have to do something about this. You know, and it's not. I have to go help the pretty girl. It's this is you know a this girl is getting beat up. I'm gonna go help her. You know, and you know he he attempts to leave at Maz's castle. Um, and then as soon as there's trouble, he jumps right back into action. You know, he sees that Starkiller base fired. He comes back. And then he wants to find Ray. And then from the rest of the movie, he's willing to go and, like, risk his life just to rescue his friend. And then when Ray is force-pushed into a tree and gets knocked out... He he turns his back on the bad guy to go help her. Mm-hmm. And then when he's called out, he takes a lightsaber. Knowing full well 
that he's going to get killed. He knows what Kylo does. It's not like he's like, he doesn't know what Kylo's capable of. He knows he's dead. He, yeah. You know, and he, he fight, he says, you know, come and get it. And he lasts like 30 seconds, but, you know, you think of that was the, that was time that Ray needed to get back up. You know, he basically was stalling for her, you know. I mean, he was braver than Han ever was in the original trilogy. He was braver than Luke was. He was braver than anyone was. I mean, I think maybe the only person he'd be comparable is to Leia. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) Finn at all points knew that he was in way over his head. Yeah, and he just kept He didn't shy away. No, And, and it really bothers me. When people say, "Oh, he didn't last very long," against well, no kidding. Kylo. Well, it, and it's I I see complaints that he either he that Kylo isn't good enough because he you know he didn't just kill Finn right away, and then I see that oh Finn wasn't good enough because he like it's well which one what do you is it? do you it's, want Kylo it's to win one or the other? And of course Kylo is going to beat a non Force user, you know. The only reason he didn't beat him right away is because he was injured, and also he was probably trying not to kill him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like he was trying not to kill Ray. Um, and then the whole scene at the at uh, at the castle when he's fighting with the lightsaber, like he he holds out for a while, but he's overpowered because he doesn't know the weapon, which is again I think showing him using the lightsaber was meant to later contrast with Ray, so you can see this is how a non-force user uses lightsaber this, this is, is how, how a force user, user uses, uses a lightsaber. lightsaber it's important but also i i always notice this whenever i'm watching when when the resistance comes and you know they 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 you know they han and chewie and finn break out and get grab their weapons finn grabs a lightsaber from the stormtrooper that took it from him and then he crawls grabs one of the dead troopers blasters and, and then immediately, immediately takes out two stormtroopers yeah without even thinking so it's like okay po- finn is not good with the lightsaber finn is really good with the blaster yeah, and that's what he's supposed to be you know he's a stormtrooper that's how he got trained you know and he managed to last as long as he did with the lightsaber because he has melee weapons training mm-hmm. but you notice like the first thing he does when he gets free is grab that blaster and poo poo pew pew done you know so and and all the people saying you know oh kylo ren you know was almost beaten by a janitor like okay. seriously i am going to throw down on the next person who snarkily makes a janitor comment serious yeah it's so the, okay a talk to anybody who is enlisted in the armed services mm-hmm. if you're an enlisted troop you're going to do sanitation work yep. in addition to your other work. Okay. That's how it that's how it goes. Second, I wonder how many people would be just clinging to that if Finn was white. Mm-hmm. It is really gross and vaguely racist that they that people use this janitor criticism yeah. of Finn. It's because, disgusting. Well, A because why are we criticizing janitors? We need janitors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they do an important service to society. But a lot of people wouldn't be saying that if he were white. Yeah, and also like 
he's in sanitation. That doesn't mean he was a janitor. I mean, like, we've talked to people, we've seen a lot of people in the military be like, yeah, I clean toilets. That's what you do. Yep, I had the KP patrol this week. Or you're, you know, dishing out food. Mm-hmm. And, like, they're like, well, how could he do that? It's like, okay, but that you have a second, you have a duty that you do. And I'm, also, like... I'm sorry, you don't have Cisco contracted to do do uh, kitchen work. Yeah. When you're on Starkiller Base. And also, the Han says, what did you do when you were stationed here? So, assuming... I, from what I got from Before the Awakening, that Finn isn't necessarily stationed at Starkiller Base all the time. Like, he was on the the finalizer. You know, that's where he was stationed. I, that's, that's the impression I got. I yeah. might be wrong. But, you know, I, 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 I agree with you. I think it's gross. And we watched Agent Carter this past week, and one of the new characters is black. And... He uh he's a scientist and the one of the detectives like sees him and automatically refers to him as a janitor. Now this show takes place in the 1940s after World War II. Um and you know later on he the the character the the char- the new the scientist character says something about how that happens a lot. So this is something that happened in like the 1940s. Mm-hmm. So if you're Let's get over it. <laughs> if you're and I'm looking at you Huffington Post. <laughs> if you're taking issue with a janitor holding fort with Kylo Ren, you know what? Shut up. Yeah. He wasn't a janitor. He was a stormtrooper. Just god. Yeah. It's it's really you're disgusting. It is. And, and like I I would be really interested like to see like story group say okay what was luke skywalker's job when he was in the rebellion because <laughs> i mean okay you know what yes actually i now want to see a uh in a comic luke or wedge or someone like that doing sanitation duty well because they and it wasn't it even in x-wing books that they were doing other yes i were i can't remember like what exactly they were doing but i know they were doing other jobs yeah so. kitchen yeah kitchen duty yeah mess duty Paperwork. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Breathe. Sorry, I just had to bring that up because it really bothers me every time I see it. And, you know, it's it's the Ray, Ma- Ray is a Mary Sue, Finn is a janitor. Like, they, they're F gross. you. They're, they're, they're gross. You wouldn't be saying that about Finn if he were white. You wouldn't be saying that about Ray if she were a guy. Yep. So, yeah. Let's move there. on. Moving on. Fan theories. Whose child is this? Okay. Christmas song? <laughs> <laughs> um, 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 Luke. Next topic. <laughs> I mean, we can dwell on that a little bit. Okay, so. Uh, can I say that I just, I am so done with the Obi-Wan spawn. <laughs> yeah. The only way I will accept her being a descendant of Obi-Wan Kenobi is if she is also a descendant of Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Um, so 11.38 had a very cool um, article, which was basically them throwing out their different theories of who um, who Ray is. And uh, the, the title was 50 Ways to Leave Your Daughter, Ray Duran and Other Fun Ideas. That's one of my favorite post titles from any site ever. Yes. So, um, so... Jay, who who we had on the show, he is he believes that she is 
Han and Leia's daughter. Um, with- well, shall we talk about these one by one and why we either agree or disagree with them? Uh, yes. Okay, so if Rey is Luke or is uh, Leia and Han's daughter, then the entire movie was a total dick move. Yeah, I don't. I don't like the idea of Han not acknowledging it before he died. Um, it's too sad. <laughs> I already have to deal with the fact that Han and Luke are never going to be on screen together ever again, uh, which really makes me sad. Um, and I mean, also the line from Kylo when he tells her, Han Solo, you feel like he's a father you never had. You would have been disappointed. Like, I don't feel like that's a line they would have used if Han actually was her father. Yeah, I yeah, think it's so too on the nose. Too on the nose. And yeah, if he, if, he is her father then yeah yeah i have a lot of issues with how tfa was written and i have a lot of issues with leia as for yeah agreed um i but i will say of all the theories this is my this is the one i will accept most other than the the one that i believe because i think it's i i think it's the next logical option next theory yes um ray (laughs) durin which is um but it's basically like that she is the daughter of a completely new character who was a powerful apprentice not related to the Skywalker clan. And basically, you know, she, um, uh, you know, saying that, that that character is the reason Luke started training ap- apprentices or maybe jealousy of this new character is what led Kylo Ren to fall into Snoke's paws. How can he be more powerful than me? I'm a Skywalker. Anyway, this skilled apprentice would fall at the hands of the Knights of Ren, and Kylo would be unable to kill his or her young daughter because the pull to the light was still too strong, getting two of his knights to sell her into slavery. Blah, blah, blah. This is kind of like the whole random idea? Yeah, and the problem I have with the random idea is that the episodic films have always been about the Skywalker family. And then Kathleen Kennedy comes out and also says, yes, these movies are about the Skywalker yeah. family. I also feel like it would be, a lot of people say her being Luke's daughter would be hard to explain. Also, I feel like her being a random's daughter would be a lot more hard also, to explain. Also, why keep the parentage in such a mystery box if it's yeah. such if it's just a total random? Yeah, like, I mean, Finn, we, we understood why... Because he didn't have a family. You know, Mm -hmm. he was taken from his family when he was born, like all the other stormtroopers. So his parentage isn't important. You know, I mean, I don't think we're ever going to have Finn find out who his his family was. Yeah, agreed. It's kind of like the whole um, Mara Jade in the Expanded Universe. A lot of people wanted her to find out where she was from, but it just wasn't important. Yeah. You know. Um, Ray's parentage is important. Yeah. Because she and has if, that force sensitivity. If it wasn't, um, she would have had a surname. I think, yeah, I think so as well. Finn not having a surname makes sense. Yeah, because he not was having, FN2187. Yeah, Ray not having a surname doesn't, doesn't make sense. I mean, if she's- If it's not a big deal. Yeah, I mean, she's left on Jakku, and you see all these other characters on Jakku who have two names. Yeah. Or, you know, Laura Santeca has three names. Yeah. So there's no reason for the person dumping Ray on Jakku not to- give her a name yeah random doesn't work because then it's a pointless mystery uh then we've got rocky who believes uh she's luke's kid so we'll skip on to that um uh the next one is that um descendant of obi-wan or descendant of obi-wan or uh not be related to anyone um 
I, you know, we, we talked about her being random and like, I also think like, I, I mentioned this to you yesterday. If Ray had been a male character, I don't think anyone would be questioning whether or not that was Luke's son. Agreed. And like, I don't want to say there's a veil of sexism in it because there are a lot of people who are saying they don't want Ray to be a Skywalker because like they don't want her value to be tied to a male character, which I can understand. However, Luke was Anakin's son. So and that doesn't take away from him. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. But on the other hand, I think it is also important to show that a female character can, can carry be... on the Skywalker mantle. Yes. And, you know, pe- before people say Leia, yes, Leia is carrying on the Skywalker mantle, but Leia is doing her general it's, business. It's a, thir- it's a Thurian legend. And that, I mean, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with what Leia is doing. No. I think it makes perfect sense. And that's what she should be doing. But when you come to the Force part... I think, you know, you do we want Kylo Ren slash Ben Solo, Ben Organa Solo, to be the heir to the Skywalker legacy as far as the Force is concerned? No. 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 <laughs> and honestly, I'm still seeing this as yeah. Rey and Kylo are showing two different are two different sides yeah. of the Skywalker legacy. So yeah, I'm a uh, I'm not on the idea that the Skywalker legacy that uh, Kathleen is referring to is all about Kylo. Yeah. Plus, like, I, I, the whole idea that no one need people don't need to be related to everyone. Like, I agree with that. Like, I would not like Finn to be related to anyone else. Like, I, I was kind of pushing for him to be like related to Zer Leonis, <laughs> but. I, I I've I've abandoned that whole theory. I think he, I think he is he's connected to them, and he reminded me of him. But it was supposed to be because of because that whole idea of taking stormtroopers comes from that series. But I mean, he doesn't need to be related to anyone else. Poe doesn't need to re- be related to anyone else. You know, like the main characters should be skywalkers you i mean know? And, and i wrote that article a while ago star wars is modern arturian legend yes so it makes a lot of sense for ray to be a skywalker descendant yeah so yes that's what i think it's luke yeah it's luke yeah i mean and i want to say like that's just that's not just me like uh that's not just me, like, because I'm a Luke fangirl. It's just, I think it makes most sense story-wise. I really like the idea of cousins being antagonists. I think it's more original than brother and sister. You Agreed. Know, we saw that already. <laughs> um, and I also think it makes more sense because the cousin rivalry, like, Kylo is not as strong as he wants to be. Um, and I think he blames Han for that because Han is not force sensitive. If Luke had a child with another Jedi or force sensitive person, Rey is going to be more inherently powerful than Kylo, and Kylo is going to be jealous as heck. <laughs> um, and I think it's, I think the child being the daughter of Luke me makes more sense than the other chi- the ch- the child being his sibling 
Because what's what's more powerful? Oh, my sister's more powerful than me, blah, blah, blah. Or my cousin, who's the daughter of Luke Skywalker, the greatest Jedi ever. Uh, how can I possibly live up to that? <laughs> you know? So that's that's my theory. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Um, okay, should we finally address this one? Yes, do it. Who is Snoke? Is Snoke Plagueis? No. No. <laughs> is we... Snoke Tarkin? No. no. Is it's... Snoke Vader? No. Is Snoke anybody? I've got this wild- Is Snoke a clone of Anakin Skywalker? Oh, no. I've got this wild idea here. Bear, hang with me here. Yeah. See if you follow. What if Snoke is Snoke? That's why I said I want to learn more about Snoke and not because I think he's someone else because I think he's a whole new character. He has a different sort of dark side background than we've ever seen before. Like for all the people who say Ray should be a new so uh, Ray can, should not be related to anyone else. Why does everything have to be related? And they're like Snoke is Plagueis. It's like no, Snoke is a new character. Why Why are you flipping this? Ray should be related to someone else, not Snoke. Also, this movie gave you a bunch of new characters. A yeah. lot of new characters. Yeah. Um, if Ray is Luke's child, then the only two characters that are related to someone else from a legacy film is Luke, or is Ray and Kylo, yeah. which sets up a very interesting dynamic moving forward. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I think. Uh, episode eight, what do we hope to see? Yeah. Um, I want to see Luke trading Rey in the ways of the Force. I want to see a reunion between Luke and Leia. I do not want this to have happened off camera. I want to see it because it will make me cry. I want Luke and Leia's theme to play while it happens. I want them to hug. I want Luke to say she does not blame, or Leia to say she does not blame Luke for what happened. I want Luke to say, tell Leia she's, he's sorry about what happened to Han. And I want them to be brother and sister and wonder twins and fight together eventually. And yeah, that's all. <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing. I got nothing. I would also like to see Luke have a total badass moment. Yes, I'm with you there. Luke needs a badass moment. Did you just take out a B wing for no reason? I did just take out a B wing for no reason. Would you like to see B wings in episode eight? Sure, I'd like to see B wings in episode eight. What do we? What will you do if you see Poe Dameron fly an A wing on screen? Cry profusely. Yep. <laughs> what would you like to see in episode eight, Brian? More starfighters and X-Wings and space battles. Would you like to see anyone uh, of two uh, with X and Y chromosomes kiss? Maybe. <laughs> you finally got it? Maybe. <laughs> I just want bisexual or gay Poe Dameron. I do too. I don't think we'll get it on screen, but I hope if we, we get it get in that comic. Charles Sewell comic, I will be very happy. Yeah. I do want more Poe and Finn shenanigans. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, I want. Poe I and want Finch them going on a mission together, and like all that. I mean, that the whole scene in the Tie Fighter was so amazing, and that's what I want. Like for a whole the whole half of the movie. Oh, that'd be so good. Yes, so good. BB-8, my buddy. Um, 
I want them to write an amazing role for Wedge Antilles to get Dennis Lawson to actually do the movie. <laughs> they won't. I know. I want them to mention Admiral Antilles doing something somewhere. That's all they have and to do. And use him in the com- use him in TV books. Or yes. Uh, anything else? Anything else? What do you, What do you think about um, Kylo Ren and the chance for redemption? If there isn't a chance, mm-hmm. then I think Star Wars has lost its way. But okay, so I think I think they will still try. I want to see Luke and Leia try. I want I definitely want Leia to be involved. Agreed. Um because she wasn't in Jedi and I think she needs to be. Um I you know, I think it would mean so much if like Rey fights him physically um maybe luke fights him physically but leia just comes in and just talks to him and i saw a tweet that was awful um and would make me cry of um it was kylo saying i'm so sorry leia hugging him and saying i know, I know. Oh, that would kill me. Agreed. But I like, I mean, I just especially the way Han went out with the the cheek caress, like even as he was dying, he still loved his son. And like, I think it's it's really easy to sit here and say Kylo is not redeemable, you know, as a bystander. But you think about as a parent i i don't think leia would think would think that even after he killed agreed Han. you know i think she thinks he has been manipulated and she wants to help no i i definitely agree but uh, the question is will he be redeemed not if there is an attempt it's yeah that i can't say at this point i mean i think it would be interesting because it would be different but I don't know if that is. Yeah, I'm, I'm not Wars. sure. Um, all I hope for is that as much thought and care that went into The Force Awakens goes into Episode Eight. That's all I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it would be interesting to see it take it in a completely different direction, which I think will happen with Ryan Johnson. I want to see what Luke has been doing. What the why is the Jedi Temple important? Because it has to be for him to have left to find it. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm really excited about uh, episode eight. Agree. <laughs> well, shall we wrap there? Yes, I think so. All right. This episode of Tashi Station Radio has been brought to you in part by Her Universe and you, our Patreon subscribers. You can find us on Twitter with the handles Tashi underscore station. That's the official show account. You can find Nancy with Nancy Pants. That's Nancy with an I. You can find me with Lane Winry, L-A-N-E-W-I-N-R-E-E. On Facebook, we're the Tashi Station Network. We're available on the iTunes Store, Google Play, and Stitcher. Uh, you can find our columns and news at Tashi-Station.net. Uh, stick, stay tuned. Next week, we're back with the Rogue Podrin crew and our second of Dyson Droids episode. Yay! So long, everyone. Bye!
This podcast has been brought to you by Majestic Giraffe Productions and is the official podcast of TashiStation.net. All Star Wars names, music, and logos are property of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Tashi Station Radio is not endorsed by Lucasfilm or any division of the company. Now go pick up some power converters. Thank you.